The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. I hope it's a great day for you, everybody. I know it's red hot in Chicago, and boy, unseasonably warm right now. So, nice heat wave. This will be a pre-training camp preview of what is to come here for the Bears and the rest of the National Football League. This is Bears All Access with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I'm Jeff Joniak. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. My broadcast partner, Tom Thayer, tucked away in Maui. I bet you didn't think it'd be uh, in the 90s here in Chicago. What do you got over there? Is it uh, 75 and a light breeze? Yeah, 78 with a light breeze. There you go. That's the type of weather you like, but I know in Chicagoland area, the heat wave has begun. Yes, it has. Our producer tonight, Adam Dzinski, he's in our SCORE studios. Our producers as well, Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli. And coming up in our next segment, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio is moving the chains. And uh, he is a former Chicago Bears quarterback. And then at the bottom of the hour, Tom will visit with Doug Kramer, the Hinsdale Central products, just like you, grew up a Big, bad, huge Bears fan, and then was able to play his entire uh, high school and uh, college career here in the state of Illinois and then drafted by the Bears. You guys have a lot in common, even more so than Cole Komet because this is a fellow offensive lineman. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to talk to Doug because, you know, when I grew up in the 60s, the only thing offered to you in the NFL was the Chicago Bears. So in good times and in bad times, you always had to stick with your hometown team, and you wanted to. When you go to that next generation or a couple generations after me, you have the exposure of the entirety of the NFL, and it's kind of interesting where your path is going to take you. And I'd like to hear that Doug Kramer's been a Bears fan his whole life and his whole career. He's a locally born guy, and um, I just think about my family and how excited we were as a whole, and I got to imagine it's the same for him and his family, just the opportunity to go out there and compete for your hometown team after playing at the University of Illinois. What a what a fun career it would have, like the Dick Buckuses and guys like that. Well, earlier this week, Luke Getze and how competitive this uh, offensive line is going to be as they wrapped up rookie minicamp over the weekend at Hallis Hall. Oh, I mean, it should be extremely competitive. Um, I mean, that's at every position. I mean, that's what we're, we're in here doing every single day is giving guys an opportunity to compete. Uh, there's no jobs that are locked up right now. And so when you get the pads on, that's when real ball starts. So um, everything will be evaluated. And he that. says it will be a process like everything. Right? I mean, the way that they get off the football, the way they execute, their mentality, their finish, all that stuff is going to get evaluated. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, we still got a ways to go. we got another you know phase that we have to take in order to be able to pre- be prepared for that opportunity. So another month or so to give these guys some, some more work and some more information. Oh, so you got a bunch of guys uh, competing at those spots. It's going to be fun to watch. The competitiveness is going to be at an all-time high. When you bring in a new coaching staff and new position coaches everywhere, you bring in a lot of young talent, a lot of free agents with uh, some opportunities to have some success in the NFL. When you 
kind of think now that we've had a chance to talk to Ian Cunningham and hopefully eventually get a chance to talk to Ryan Poles and we talk to Matt Eberflus, every time you get to listen to a coach behind the podium or a microphone, you kind of get a better understanding of what they're looking for. And then you have a little bit of football exposure and you see what the expectations of effort on the field is. And I think that is really going to be a telltale sign of the competitiveness of every single position throughout OTAs and training camp. And the uh, schedule release coming up there at 7 o'clock officially. I know uh, here on the score, Danny Parkins uh, seemingly has the entire uh, roster of games, but uh, can't confirm (laughs) or deny because it's NFL rules. So here we go. We do know the home opener with a visit from the San Francisco 49ers at noon on September 11th, Tom. Uh, So that'll be the kickoff uh, visit from a team that uh, came into Soldier Field last October. May have uh, seen the best play with his feet in the Justin Fields era in that game, that wonderful play uh, that he made something out of nothing. And uh, that was a a hint of what he can bring to the table. But the 49ers in town for the opener. Yeah, well, you know, when you look at the teams that they're going to face this year and you look at the San Francisco 49ers, they're sidebar stories to every team. You look at the Bears going through the coaching transition, and then you look at San Francisco where there's uncertainty at the quarterback position. Then there's been, you know, talk about Debo Samuel and where he wants to play and does he want to be traded? Would he be willing to hold out? Does he want to make his mark out there as a wide receiver as opposed to a running back? So, you know, it's just no A against B in this, you know, early schedule. There's a lot of things that are going to, cause a lot you know i don't know if it's going to cause controversy or it's going to create some connect new connections now the bears have lost seven of the last eight season openers so it'd be nice to get off on the right foot when we come back we'll be joined by jim miller bears quarterback and member of the team on sirius xm nfl radio he is our weekly guest and also doug kramer the university of illinois product joining us at the bottom of the hour sit back and enjoy on this steamy steamy thursday in chicago in may on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, pleased to be joined by Jim Miller, our weekly guest from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Move of the Chains. I sometimes just limit your broad resume, Big Jim, because I say Bears quarterback, but heck, you didn't just quarterback the Chicago Bears. You got a league-wide view of things as a former Pittsburgh Steeler, a former New England Patriot, Jacksonville Jaguar. Who else am I missing? NFL Tampa Europe. Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa yeah. Bay. Yeah. Frankfurt Galaxian. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you might have a welcoming party. I'm sure they're going to send you to the first regular season game in Germany this year. I'd like to go to that. You'll uh, be but... an, on- an envoy. Yeah, that'd be cool. I yeah. mean, and they were. I think next year they are playing in Frankfurt, uh, so they're going to go be back and forth be uh, between Munich and uh, and Frankfurt. So yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, that'll be pretty cool. Schedule release tonight. I mean, yes, yeah, schedule release seven o'clock. We know the Bears going to open against the 49ers. Green Bay announced their uh, home opener is Week Two again. Jim, another primetime game against the Packers, and this every every year since '05. And that's deserving. You know, it's the oldest rivalry in football. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think now 14 of them have come 
Jim, in Green Bay. So they always love to, to warm up the welcome mat for the Bears at Lambeau in primetime. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many primetime games uh, the Bears do land uh, for Matt Eberflus. And, you know, players, uh, I mean, the bottom line is uh, when you get the schedule release, one, you're looking at your week one opponent. That's what you're thinking about. You're thinking, are there consecutive, say you got three weeks uh, in a row of away games, certainly the players factor in the, the bye weekend, but they're all tough. I mean, they're all tough, but for me, I always focused on week one, the away schedule, how many you know miles we'll be traveling, and then, of course, where the bye week is. But, you know, you got to play them one at a time. It is what it is. They're not changing it. You know, no, so once not. that schedule is released, it, it's staying the same. So get your mind right. Get it locked and loaded for Tom, what you'll be did, dealing with. As a player, Tom, uh, obviously they didn't, they didn't do all this. They didn't make a big deal out of it back then. Uh, it just was released. You know, you know where you go. This is what it is, and you go do it. But did you, other than looking where the hot weather games are, because you're a sweater and you're worried about it, uh, you don't love playing in the heat. Uh, you know, I heard a story about you last night, as a matter of fact. Uh, it was from Brian McCaskey who said that you demanded in the huddle to get the water first when he was an athletic trainer, and, and he was a little nervous to give it to Jay Hilgenberg. Is this a true story? Unfortunately, yes. I was, <laughs> I, you know, some of the miseries that made you kind of that, you know, in that, those circumstances that I would always – Almost demand a towel in the water bottle first so I could cool myself down and then, you know, uh, then give it to everybody else. But, yeah, Brian, he was a great trainer for the Bears throughout my whole time there. But, you know, when you're looking back on the schedule, when I when I became a part of the Bears, again, I was talking last week, I came a part of the NFC Championship and then the Super Bowl success after that, and we had the best record in the NFL for three or four years after that so it wasn't always worried about who our opponents were when the schedule release came out I did talk always think about what hot weather games we were going to play cold weather didn't bother me but it kind of seemed of some of the uh, loud stadiums that are, are you going into the kingdom in Seattle when do you play the Minnesota Vikings um, when we used to play Tampa twice a year and we'd play Detroit, we'd have a bigger uh, Bears fan crowd there than we would the actual opponent. So with everything that we faced in the schedule release, you know, Jim, it was that, you know, we kind of looked at it and what, what games are good for you and what games are going to be the biggest challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, Jim, the thing I care about most when I look at the schedule is what quarterbacks you're facing yep. and what pass rushers you have to stop to avoid having them wreck your game plan. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when I look at this schedule this year, however it's going to ultimately land, you know, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott uh, as, as the big the big ones, and then, you know, Josh Allen from Buffalo. The rest have some, you know, some growing to do yet or some developing with the team they've moved to. Yeah. On this schedule. Well, yeah, Washington with Carson Wentz, you know, how is he going to perform? You know, he's already – this is his third team, let's be honest. Uh, Bears have Miami Dolphins this year. Don't know the what week it, it'll be or the time, but Tua Tunga Viola, there's a lot on, on the line there. You know, it'll be interesting week one. Do the Bears face Jimmy Garoppolo or is Trey Lance the guaranteed starter there for, for San Francisco? Because that's – that's a big discrepancy. You know, Trey Lance only got in two games last year. 
essentially he got hurt. And think about it. They elected to roll with a banged-up Jimmy Garoppolo who's dealing with a shoulder, and he had the hand issue late in the year, and they still felt Jimmy gave him a better chance to win. So I think it'll be interesting who's lining up under center week one. Daniel Jones under the gun uh, for the Giants. They'll face a young Zach Wilson. Uh, Atlanta, how will they be performing under Marcus Mariota? I think we know what New England's going to be under under Mac Jones. I think they gave us a good indicator last year. But, yeah, the quarterbacks you're facing are going to be a big part of it and how they can manage the game. That's a lot of experience when you're facing somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Fellas, we alluded to it last week, Tom, that uh, the roster is going to be a, a continuing uh, piece that is constantly changing with this new administration to see where the best pieces are and how they all fit together. So again today, a couple of veterans added in the receivers. Tajay Sharp, former Atlanta Falcon, had a really terrific rookie year in his time with the Falcons. And Dante Pettis, who came in the league with a lot of great credentials because of that speed, 4-3-2 speed, that hasn't quite translated into a lot of production just yet. But, but maybe here with the Bears, that changes. A couple of undrafted rookie free agents the Bears had signed were let go. And then yesterday, the waving of tight end Jesper, Jesper Horstead due to a failed physical. They've added Rice and Johnny, six foot seven, 260-pound tight end from the Giants who runs well off waivers. You know what, what I like about every single one of these guys on this football team, offense and defense, is they're all starting even. Because there's nobody with a year, a couple seasons of advantage within the system so they know how to get in the right place a little bit quicker. And when you talk about all the free agent wide receivers, how much changeover there is at the tight end position, all the offensive linemen they brought in, both free agents and draft choices, it's going to be interesting because – you know, some guys, um, they're able to accomplish more mentally quicker. And so, you know, you, you can't have any, you know, mental errors. That's that's going to be a decision-making a decision making factor in, in what, you know, what is assumed that how you can help the team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to – it's going to be fun to watch the competitiveness, and I think it's going to be as competitive in OTAs. Uh, not as it will be in training camp because it's going to be in full pads, but some of these guys are going to rise above the rest. That's Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. I'm Jeff Joniak. We're going to step away for a break. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, I'm Jeff Joniak. Jim, our weekly guest. Uh, Jim, Bears also added a quarterback uh, this week, Nathan Peterman. He's been with the Buffalo Bills. That's where he broke into the league. And with the Raiders last couple of years, Ryan Willis released. What's your thought? Yeah, I think he provides more experience. And again, I think you're trying to surround uh, a young quarterback in, in Justin Fields with some veteran guys who have played a little bit. You know, Trevor Simeons has, has been around. I think when you look at Nate Peterman, he's been around too. And Nate Peterman was well coached under John Gruden out there. He played well in the preseason games. Everybody goes back to the Buffalo Bills. Remember, he got this first start against the Chargers and threw like five picks. And that's how people remember Peterman. But that's not the case four years later. This guy has been well coached. Uh, he's been in and out of uh, game plans and preparing week in and week out, as I mentioned, out there for uh, the Vegas Raiders. At one point he had, that, he had to get an elbow surgery, got his arm corrected, so he can play and he's got some experience uh, to him that can probably be beneficial uh, to the young Justin Fields. Tom, any thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just think about the quarterbacks. When you're trying to teach a system to a quarterback, what, does these quarterbacks, are their traits significantly different from each other, or do they have similar traits to each other? Because if you're teaching a moving pocket-type pass to Justin Fields, does Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman, do they have the same athleticism to be able to carry it out and possibly turn it into the run or to throw on the move? Or do you focus a little bit of different points portion of the offense that suits the traits of Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman that may be a little different than Justin Fields. You know, when you're teaching an entire an entire offensive line, they kind of all fit into each other like pieces to a puzzle. But it seems like when you have quarterbacks that have different trait values, do you have to teach differently and does it put more pressure on the position coach to get those points across or develop the offense between the three of them? Well, uh, if you listen to Luke Getze this week, uh, the the running game is going to be significant. Uh, that's for sure. He, he keeps emphasizing that, and that's the best way to help out your quarterback and get him eased into the system and open up the, the deep ball. But uh, more of what he's looking for for the key principles for this offense to develop. Well, hopefully, you know, when you when you watch us, it's 11 is 1, and it's uh, we're firing off the football better than anybody else in this league, and we're finishing better than everybody else in this league. Those are the things that we're, we're talking about every single day. We're taking care of the football, getting off the rock, and we're finishing better than anybody else in this league. And so that's our mentality. That's our purpose. We can do that. we got a chance. Jim, how do you feel about that statement? Yeah, I think, you you know, if you can always protect the football, you got a chance in, in a game. I say it all the time. It's easier to lose games than it is to win it. And if you start to turn over the football, you don't have a chance. So you have to protect the football. It's going to be paramount. Uh, Justin cannot carry the team right now. It's it's you know he's in a early stage of his career. He's got all kinds of talents, but to expect him to to carry the team, it, that's just not where he is at this stage of his career. So the running game is going to be the best avenue for him. I know everybody's been screaming for it. They made that transition last year, and it sounds like they're going to start with that uh, mentality. Uh, this year. So it'll be exciting. A lot of things need to come into into focus from the offensive line. How do they come together? Uh, the running back situation, like the, the situation there with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Uh, I think Khalil really showed some things when he got the opportunity last year. So they have to have the mentality that it's going to be early and often uh, for them to help out their young quarterback. And I think the play action will, will really suit Justin Field beautifully if they're able to do those things. But when, when we are talking about the quarterback pick, I like to hear Luke Eske talk about every time they're going to fire off the ball and how aggressive they're going to be at the line of scrimmage, at the running game is going to be an emphasis, and it's 11 as one. I, I agree with all that. But my concern when we're just backtracking about the quarterback position, when you put the script together for the first 25 plays of a game or however many they script, does it does it suit all quarterbacks? Are, are, is it the same threat if you had the number two or number three quarterback in there as if you put the system together for Justin? That was my only thinking process. The preach points that the coaches have brought up about how aggressive they're going to be, how the emphasis on the running game, and how quick and off the ball they want the offensive line to be. Look, man, I'm 100% on board with all that. And I, we are just, I am just speaking a little bit about the quarterbacks. Uh, Coming up here in moments, we'll be joined by Doug Kramer, the Bears' new offensive lineman for the University of Illinois and Hinsdale Central. Defensively, uh, last week, uh, Jim, listening to Alan Williams, the new defensive coordinator, 
Uh, he was uh, very good talking about the defense, and, and boy, that defense was flying around playing at, at uh, you know, obviously no pads, but uh, everybody running around like the athletes they are, and it was a lot of energy and juice to that practice uh, over the three-day minicamp. Uh, Dominique Robinson name come up because, boy, he looks the part of a, of a pass rusher. He really does. He's got the frame. He just doesn't have the experience. Yeah, we, we got to see. Uh, we hadn't put pads on yet. Right now, we're it's football in pajamas. We're, you know, might as well be playing basketball. Uh, so we have to see what, um, you know, we're not going to give him a whole bunch. And really, we're saying him, but all our guys. We're going to say, hey, line up here. If you get this uh, stimulus, this is the response that you're going to give us. And so, and we're going to teach it over and over and over again and then see kind of what he does. You know, it sounds like Rod Marinelli uh, very much. I could hear it echoing, you know, you, you strip him down to bare wire mm-hmm. and you teach him the fundamentals all over again. And every couple weeks or even, I mean, I think Rod told me every 48 hours, muscle memory loses a little bit. So he goes right back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And that's true for any player, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do want to be on, uh, you know, be on rope memory is what we call it. You know, if I had to line up and really count out all my steps on, say, a seven-step drop, it'd be robotic. You know, it just needs to be rope memory where it just it, you've do it, you've done it so many times you don't even need to think about it. And you know, and Dominique uh, Robinson, who you mentioned, he's an interesting guy. Ian Cunningham, the Bears' assistant GM, they've been pretty steadfast about it. They believe he has a high ceiling. This guy is an early, you know, early uh, and young at his position, as you had mentioned, uh, Jeff, in last week's show. Goes from quarterback in high school, really signs as a wide receiver, and now finds himself on the, on the defensive side of the ball. So this is all new for him. He's still honing his skills. Can he be a guy that can set the edge? He certainly has the frame to get bigger and stronger. Most rookies do, and he'll be asked to, to do that because he's going to have to be stronger at, at stopping the run. But he's new to the position but has a high ceiling. And an enjoyable conversation with him last week up at Hallis Hall. Coming up next, joined by Doug Kramer, the Hinsdale product and U of I star at center. He's now a bear. We'll talk to him next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago Bears single-game tickets go on sale tonight at 8.30 p.m. Get your tickets at chicagobears.com slash tickets. The schedule release officially coming out at 7 o'clock. Bears will open the year at home against the San Francisco 49ers and then go up to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers in Green Bay. And the guy will be on that roster helping things in the right direction as the Bears look to build a new chapter. We welcome in Doug Kramer, the Hinsdale Central High School product and University of Illinois five-year starter. A lot of games played there. He's on the program. Thanks for hanging on, Doug, and uh, we appreciate it. You're with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. So uh, I know rookie minicamp afterwards, you, you had a chance to visit with the media, and you were talking about dreams coming true. And, you know, going back to even when you were uh, – figuring out where you're going to play college football. It was a dream then to play for Illinois. Uh, You know, you and Tom have so much in common because you're homegrown offensive linemen that played it, I'm assuming, your whole life and went to high school, college, and now are beginning your NFL careers in the same spot. Uh, how, How cool is that from your perspective? And certainly I know you followed Tom's career as well. Yeah, first of all, just how's it going, guys? It's uh, it's awesome to be on the show. Um, but, yeah, obviously, you know, growing up an Illinois fan, being able to play there, and then, you know, growing up a, a huge Bears fan and, and getting this opportunity is 
is awesome. And honestly, if I would have told myself that, you know, growing up, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Um, but you know, it's come true. And now, you know, we just got to make the most out of the opportunity, but, um, I'm super fired up to be a Chicago bear. Hey, big Doug, congratulations. This is Tom Thayer. Welcome to Chicago and hope you're here for decades to come. Um, so Jeff mentioned that you played five years in college and I think there's a lot of the conversation of the speed of the game is lost on quarterbacks. I think it goes for everybody that comes from college to the NFL. When you see the speed of which you guys were practicing at rookie minicamp, did it seem a step faster to you than what you uh, experienced at University of Illinois? Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the speed of the game definitely, it definitely increases um, as you keep going up in the levels. And it's, it's no different as going from high school to college. There's definitely, you know, a little bit of speed difference. But I think really just the most important things are, you know, you got to focus on every single detail, you know, once you get to this level. Um, and also just have urgency and getting your footwork, uh, getting your landmarks and all of those sort of things. So, um, obviously, you know, the speed's going to increase, but, you know, you just got to match it. And, and obviously, you know, you'll get used to it. Um, you just got to keep going against it. So, um, a little bit of a learning curve, but, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine. At the end of the day, you're playing football. Yeah, but, you know, you're in the unique position where you're playing center. Do you ever have to have any sidebar conversations with all the quarterbacks that you're working with just to see, okay, do I need to adjust the snap? Does it need to be delivered here? And uh, any of those conversations take place, or is it just go about your business and you guys will adjust with reps? No, I think I think you have to focus on, on all the little details, and, and one of those details is having those conversations with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, my job is to get them the football first and foremost. So, um, if I can do it better, I, I want to know, you know, if I can do it better. Um, and those were conversations that, you know, me and me and Ryan Willis had during uh, rookie mini camp. So, um, yeah, those are, those are certainly things we talk about. Doug, Jim Miller here. Congratulations on playing for the home team, Chicago bears. It, uh, it is, uh, uh, quite a, you know, quite an accomplishment for you to be able to play for the home team in Chicago. One, I, I just want to know through the first OTAs, you know, the introduction of the playbook, you know, how did that go for you? Um, you know, it's always new when you learn a, a new system and maybe new techniques uh, that are involved. And, you know, just how was it? And is it that much more expansive than what you've gone through at, say, Illinois? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit more expansive. Um you know, I had I had three different offensive coordinators at Illinois, and mm-hmm. um, you know, three different O line coaches with that. So I, you know, had a taste of what it was like, you know, relearning playbooks and and you know, taking what you've known before then and, and carrying it over. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's expansive, it's detailed, and you know, you really just got to dive into it every day and and continue to study it and. Um, you know, then when you go out on the field, you you know what you're doing and and you're ready to roll. Um, but really, at the end of the day, you just got to dive into it and study. You know, a lot of people that say, you know, everybody calls it the underwear Olympics because you're not in pads right now. But you know, you you can do things in terms of techniques, whether it's hand placement, getting the positioning of uh, uh, the block or the angle uh, that you're taking. And certainly, it, it's not uh, to the level of training camp and what it is in full pads, but. Uh, trying to practice to be perfect in those type of situations, even though you don't have your pads on. I mean, how disciplined can you get to do all that? Yeah, I think, um, 
you know, without that contact, you have to think about everything, everything else. Um, you know, in, in certain blocks, I'm, I'm thinking about my footwork. I'm thinking about where my hat goes, where my eyes are, where my hands are, everything. Um, and just, you know, trying to have that perfect rep. And at the end of the day with offensive line, you know, ch- chances are everything's not going to be perfect on every single play. But, you know, that continued pursuit to try to, you know, reach that perfection is huge at offensive line. Bears draft pick, Doug Kramer, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score we're brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak and Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. You know, offensive linemen, uh, typically, they don't, they don't love talking about themselves. And here you're put in position as a, as a kid uh, coming out of college uh, and going to be drafted to talk about yourself a lot, whether it be to the media and the build-up to it afterwards after rookie minicamp. Are you comfortable with that in, in, in this position? Uh, and I, what, is your, what is your take on that aspect of things? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely – I would much rather talk about the team. I'd much rather, you know, talk about those goals and, and how we're growing together rather than just about myself. Um, but, you know, it's part of it. So, obviously, I'm, I'm in this opportunity, and I'm, I'm super happy and – and proud of the work that I put in to get here. Um, so, you know, I can, I can do a little bit of both, but I'd definitely rather, rather talk about, you know, the group, the team, and, and where, where that's going. All right. Now, you've indicated significantly that you are a Monster Bears fan from the jerseys you wore to the attention you paid to it. Um, give me some stories. First, I mean, first game at Soldier Field, uh, first memory of, of what it was that, that, really got your attention about the bears and you became so fanatical about it because I, I love those stories about some of the kids mm-hmm. that grew up and the team, the teams are going to play for. Give me something good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think you know, one of the, one of the biggest memories I had for sure, you know, growing up watching the bears was, you know, when we made the playoff run and in, in, in the Super Bowl and Devin Hester returned the kick. I remember, you know, just being in my living room with all my best friends, you know, some family watching the game, just absolutely losing my mind. Um, but, you know, those little moments like that are, are really why, you know, I grew to love the game. And, um, you know, growing up, I loved Brian Erlacher. So just watching him, you know, every single play, range, you know, his range on the field, going sideline to sideline, um, you know, all those little moments just watching it made me made me you know, really fall in love with the game. Hey, Doug, can you take us through the your draft weekend experience? Were you guys were you watching the draft from the very first pick until when you get picked? Were you have certain family members with you? And when that and that call finally came and it came from the Bears, how, how was that whole experience that you lived through? Yeah. Um yeah, so I I actually I watched the first um two days of the draft alone. Um, just because I think my parents wanted to leave me alone for that one. And that was really just me tracking, you know, different offensive linemen that were getting picked. Um, and then the third day, uh, we knew there was, you know, a chance that I would, I would get picked that day. So I ended up just watching him with, you know, my mom, dad, um, brother and sister. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really long day and, uh, that call obviously made, you know, the weight worth it. Um, and, you know, I'm sure everyone, you know, you guys have all seen the video of, of the call, um, you know, definitely best phone call of my life. And, 
you know, my parents and, and brother and sister were losing their minds in the background as well. Well, now that you've transitioned to the pros, you know, and, and you know, you, you have those, I don't want to say other things in college that are, pull, you know, you've got class, you've got other responsibilities you've got to take care of. And now it's all football. You know, it's a job. You're going to work. You know, it's time to go to work every, every single day. And have you already adjusted to the itinerary and, and the tempo and all the things that are involved about being a true pro is uh, you're just, you know, you're another working stiff just like us, Doug. That's what it is. That's my point. You're going to work every day, right? You got to approach it as such. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, um, you know, it, there's, you have to take everything you're doing seriously because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a job. Um, but, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more fun when, you know, you love what you're, what you're doing. Um, so, you know, I, I love the game of football. I love watching it. I love talking about it and I love learning about it. So, um, it may, it may be a job, but I definitely love going in there every single day, um, getting better, you know, learning things about the playbook and just, you know, getting out on the field, with my teammates. Doug, uh, last question and we'll let you go. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us and hope to have you on again. Uh, were you anything other than a offensive lineman? throughout your football playing days all the way back to youth football yeah uh, I was <laughs> I've been an O-lineman for the majority I would say you know at the beginning there were a couple couple you know games or stints where I played a little bit of quarterback running back linebacker and those sort of things but um, other than that I've been you know an O-lineman my entire life through and through Awesome. That's the way to do it, to get to the Best NFL. Best athletes on the field. Best yeah. athletes on the field. There you <laughs> exactly. go. You know, we're surrounded by them in the, in the booth with Jay Hilgenberg and him. And, uh, you know, the, the offensive linemen after their playing careers are the best guys to learn the game from, if you ask me. So uh, I know you know the game, and that's uh, one of the strengths of your game. So we look forward to seeing you. And uh, good luck with everything uh, throughout this offseason and leading up to training camp. Appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you guys and uh, bear down. Bear down. That's Doug Kramer, U of I product, Hinsdale product, and now a Chicago Bear. We'll continue on with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer and break down what exactly did happen at rookie minicamp that will pave the way for the conversion into the veteran mix with these guys as they go into OTAs. It's all ahead here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW, people who get it. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, along with Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. I enjoyed our conversation with Doug Kramer. Uh, now let's talk about uh, rookie minicamp. I felt uh, being up there that, the, the and this is what they want. This is what Matt Eberflus is hoping for, just the, the, the speed by which they were moving the athleticism of the talent, and there were like 35 tryout guys, six of them signed to the roster, uh, really athletic mix, guys from small schools, big schools, uh, played a lot, didn't play a lot, it didn't matter. Uh, they were there to try to get on this roster and get on this 90-man roster that's going to be constantly changing. But that that was my first and foremost thought about it. I, I hadn't seen that kind of tempo and maybe I just don't remember, but I did, I did not remember seeing that kind of tempo, fellas, uh, when I, that I did see in those three days. 
Well, you're remembering correctly because when you, you look at it and you see the tempo in which these guys were practicing with, it changes the just the mentality of what you have to do, what your job is, what position you're playing, how quickly you need to be there. Are you thinking of what you just heard in the huddle as the ball is being snapped? And now if you're a half a foot too slow off the ball, you're left behind in that type of tempo. And it never slowed down throughout the weekend. I love the fact that this point of emphasis that they made since the day Matt Ibrofus was hired, that it's carried onto the field. And I really believe there's no slowing down. And, you know, like when uh, Doug Kramer, you get a chance to go through rookie camp and everybody's kind of on the same pace because they're just beginning to learn the system. I remember my freshman year at Notre Dame. You go for a week of practice with only the new uh, signed scholarship players, and then a couple days later they bring in all the veterans. And it's like someone turned the gauge (laughs) on and also went to a speed like you've never experienced before. So I am super encouraged by the effort that was demanded out of these guys. And, Jim, with veterans – you know, they've been, they've been working at it here now in the, uh, the off-season program, the voluntary part of it. OTAs will now mix that with the, with the rookies. Uh, but even for them, do you think training camp will be a little bit of shock to the system uh, for what they've been used to? Uh, it, it amazed me. I, I still, to this day, like when um, we go out and we watch the Seattle Seahawks practice, their tempo is like none other than I've ever seen hmm. in the NFL. And the reason why they do it, and I see it; it's catching on around the league, is you're only out there for an allotted time, right? Hour and a half, and you're trying to maximize the reps that you're getting because you don't have the, the quote-unquote two-a-days. So you've got to be productive and efficient when you're out there and try to maximize and get as many reps in uh, as you can. Certainly it is important to practice, with, whether it's going drill to drill, to have the tempo, the pace. Uh, you catch players' attention level. There is no nodding off, so to speak, or daydreaming or anything like that. So you got to be in tune because there's so much energy and tempo uh, that is going on out there. But I, I do think you know the coaches said that they were going to set the standard, and after a while it, it just becomes normalcy. Uh, for the players where, you know, I don't want to say you can turn it on and turn it off, but you literally know when you step on those white lines, what is expected. And so it'll, it'll start to mimic each other. And it just, and it becomes that way every single time you you come on the field again, rote memory, right? You're doing it over and over and over again and what's expected. And that's the same thing about practicing as well. And practice as perfect as you can. Absolutely. Uh, when you got, when you got a coach who's ticked off about the way the practice is going and they're not, it's not going well, effort's not there, maybe dog days of camp. Do you remember, fellas, the longest practice of oh, yeah. your life? I Which, remember. Give me, I, give me something, both of you. I'll, I'll touch in. Uh, we were going into our first week uh, if, against Jacksonville in Pittsburgh. And it was kind of the, you know, we just got out of training camp, right? You, you get that you know, that little time off, and then you come back and everybody's just kind of blah, and you're getting back into the practice schedule. And I remember uh, Bill Cower made us start over from stretch. It was We got all the way to blitz period, which is for the <laughs> listeners out there, it's like halfway through practice when we were doing wow. blitz period. And it was such a uh, – I can't say the word, but it was such a bad practice. He's like, you, he called everybody up and said, you want to know what? Everybody go down to that tunnel, and you're running out to this field again, and we're going to start from stretch because that is just not good enough for us to win in the National Football League. And we did, man. And I'll tell you what, the practice picked up (laughs) from a stretch on. (laughs) Nobody wanted to do that over again. I mean, but, yeah, everybody was in tune after that. He got everybody's mind right. 
So we are in Berlin, Germany, getting ready to play a preseason game against the San Francisco 49ers. In Joe Montana, their offense, they were throwing the ball all over the field. But the thing that Dicker recognized that in between periods when the horn blew, where we would kind of methodically make our way to the next drill, the 49ers, they would like sprint pace to their where they had to be on the field, and Dicka took notice of that. And because of how successful they were in practice and how good of a team they were, all of a sudden that night in the team meeting, he says, I don't want anybody lollygagging in between drills. I want you to sprint to that next drill position, get ready, and make sure that the tempo continues on that same pace. So whether it's an example of another team, what they're doing right in front of you, and how it kind of transform what your head coach thinks, uh, it was uh, an eye-opening experience for all of us that we're going to start going from drill to drill as quickly as the 49ers were doing it. Uh, Tom, did you just, Tom, did you just call your teammates lollygaggers, just like Bull Durham? Lollygagging the first, <laughs> lollygagging the second. I mean, well, you know, we, we pract- every practice gym, we were in full pads, so we yeah. were going live. There was no, you know, tempo. But, you know, you kind of take that slow jog yep. over to the next period. But – after that, there was no more slow jog in between periods. It was get there and let's see if we can get maybe an extra rep or two in that period. Well, we're going to be looking at uh, positions throughout the course of the next uh, few weeks because that will be the end of the uh, off-season program here in about a month when they wrap up with the mandatory minicamp. So a good place to start is at the safety position, which I, I put a lot of value in. I know some others don't. Uh, they don't they don't look at it the same way, but I've always always felt strongly about it. And when you look at the depth chart now, and there's uh, three, four, five, uh, five of, of the six players, assuming Michael Joseph is still a safety and, and not just a uh, a corner. Uh, there's a new new bodies surrounding Eddie Jackson. Uh, we'll start with Tom, and then we'll go to uh, Jim. How do, how do you feel about this now? A couple of veterans, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson obviously comes back as well, but some new young blood. Yeah, you know what, I like, uh, again, the speed in which they complemented the defensive backfield with, how quickly they went to their angle of pursuit. But what kind of intrigues me is can you take a couple of these 6'2 young guys and turn them into big physical safeties? And that's when you look at the size of some of the guys that they're bringing aboard this year to get into the competition at camp. Yeah, I know you have to look at them as special team contributors, but I think the safety role of the Bears defense is equally as important as you want to talk about the three technique or the nickel, the slot corner. you got to have a ferocious element at that safety position, and the Bears have had it uh, before in the past, but I think that's a new element that needs to be designed into this new defensive system. And, and John, uh, Tom, you're talking about John Alexander and A.J. Thomas. Uh, A.J. Thomas from Western Michigan uh, by way of Detroit. He was a rookie minicamp signing. Uh, and same with John Alexander from Charlotte. You throw in Jim Elijah Hicks, the 5'11 uh, safety out of Cal, picking yep. the seventh round. Of course, Jaquan Brisker, 6'1", 200 in the second round. You got Dane Cruikshank, he's 6'1", 209. Michael Joseph is 6'1", 196, at least on the roster right now. Uh, and, and Eddie Jackson is 6 feet 206. So you got some big boys back there at the safety position. Yeah. You, well, I mean, just look again. Look where the, the coaches have come from. Right, look how Indianapolis is built. When they drafted uh, Kari Willis out of Michigan State, he's right in that same mold. 
You know, they want the uh, the over 200 big physical guy. They're going to have to come downhill and, and fill and help and run support and all those things, but still have the uh, the ability in, in coverage from that standpoint. I think, you know, both Brisker and all those guys kind of have the same body frame in what they're trying to do. They all can run. Uh, they're all physical, but they're in that 200 to 214 range like uh, Akari Willis of uh, the Indianapolis Colts. That's, that's what they want it to look like in my opinion, for the Bears. All right, a couple of uh, things to, to go over here. Uh, you, you know, it's the family of Tom Waddle. Tom Waddle, the Bears' uh, former wide receiver, but uh, Gino Capaletti, one of the best players in uh, NFL history, an original member of the Boston Patriots in 1960, has his number retired, uh, number 20. He's a Hall of Fame uh, receiver and place kicker there with the Patriots and was a longtime broadcaster as well. He, he died this morning uh, at the age of 87. So condolences to Tom, uh, who's uh, that's his father-in-law and his, his wife, Kara. Uh, great family and a great guy. We met him uh, many times. Yep. I know, Jim, you've probably met him too yep. just along the broadcast circuit over the, over the course of that man's career. But uh, the AFL's all-time leading scorer. Wow. Yep. And uh, also an MVP back in 1964. So shout out to him. And then Robin Wilkie, who has been an executive assistant for multiple general managers, Jerry Angelo and Phil Emery, and then uh, John Fox, Matt Nagy, and Matt Eberflus, is retiring, I think, here in the next uh, few days. But she has been with the Bears wow. since 1998. A lovely woman, full of spunk, on it, does her job at a very, very high level and a very big part of that uh, front office for a long time. Uh, we've known Robin a long time, and now Jim, yeah, she was there when uh, sure. well, she was there you know, yep. since 98. So we all know her. What a great woman and just fun, fun, but really diligent about her job. So we got to wish her happy retirement, right, Big Tom? Oh, my God, never shy of sharing an opinion with you, Robin was. And I'm so proud to have known her and worked alongside of her for all these years. And uh, she played an important role inside that building. And I wish her nothing but a long, happy, successful retirement. Yeah, that was the year I arrived in Chicago, and she was a treat, man. Obviously, uh, always a pleasure to work with, and like I said, a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, we wish her all the best in, in retirement. We'll be thinking about it. She's impacted so many people and done such a, a good job. So hopefully retirement is everything she wants it to be. Absolutely. She's definitely earned it, that's for sure. All right, so schedule release coming up here in a couple minutes. Single game tickets going on sale at 8.30. So, you know, it's getting closer to impact here. Uh, the Bears will open the season against San Francisco week one at Soldier Field, as Jim alluded to when he joined the program uh, uh, in the last half hour. Uh, who the quarterback is for the 49ers, uh, we don't know at this time whether it's going to be Trey Lance or if it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo still there in San Francisco. My guess it's going to lean towards Trey Lance getting a start here in his second season. And then at Green Bay, week two against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers without Devontae Adams. So an adjustment for him up there as well. You're already shaking your head. You're already getting your, your anger on towards the opponent. No, you know what? <laughs> I, I just I just want the loyalty of the Bears fans to show up September 11th at Soldier Field and make it difficult for whomever plays quarterback. Let's start this season on the right foot and advance every week accordingly. Absolutely. And, Jim, the NFL season opens. Buffalo at the Rams Thursday, September 8th. We'll be looking forward to that. Jim, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to Doug Kramer, a University of Illinois product and a Bears draft pick now on their offensive line for joining the program tonight. Thanks as well 
to Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli, and Adam Stazinski. Coming up next, Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron will join you. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.